good friend of his uh, doing a conference, and he preachers doing, I think, six different times he's having to preach over this weekend and teach, doing breakout sessions, just trying to help a good friend and their churches to grow. So I hope you all be praying for our pastors as he's away, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to come and speak to you this morning. Uh, before I get into the scripture here, how many of you have ever done something that you thought it was brave, or you thought you were doing something very brave, and it ended up being something very stupid, and you almost killed yourself? Anybody ever done something like that? You know, you might be a redneck if, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, let me tell you a story that happened to me. Uh, of course, I've had way too many of them stories, but one story when I was a kid, uh, we were visiting my grandfather's house, and in my grandfather's house, uh, he had a long driveway that was very steep. When you turned off the road in his driveway, it was real steep and then come right back up, almost like going through a gully or something, you know, and uh, they probably called it a holler. I'm not sure, but anyway, going down through this deep gully, then you would turn and go into their garage, and I had just learned how to start riding my bike without the training wheels. I mean, this was, I was like 16, and I'd finally learned how to ride my bike, and I kicked the, I mean, this was, I mean, I was fresh, and the, you know, the training wheels were still in the garage uh, in case I changed my mind, you know what I mean? And uh, as I was doing this, my cousins and my older brother, it's, it's dangerous when you got an older brother, and you got cousins who ride motorcycles and four-wheelers and they're daredevils, and uh, they were going up and down this hill, and I wanted so bad to do it. Man, I wanted to be so brave and have the courage to do that. And, uh, and so finally, peer pressure got to me, and I got a little bravery inside of me, and I decided, okay, here's what I'll do. So I went halfway down the hill first, okay? I didn't start at the top of the hill. I just went halfway down, got on my little bicycle. There wasn't mine, by the way. It was somebody else's bike. So that's probably why you know, tragic things are happening. You guys figured that out by now. But as I went down this hill, uh, and if you got enough of momentum, you could actually make it up the other hill. Well, I got down, got about three-quarters of the way up, and got off and had to walk it the rest of the way. But I thought this was great success for me. I felt so brave that this time I'm on this side coming back, and I'm like, I'm doing it from the top of the hill. You know, I, I'm going to do this. It's no problem. It's a gravel driveway, so you know that. And so I'm going down, and I go all the way down, and I make it all the way back up to the top again. And I think this is I'm the, the greatest thing ever. Uh, I, I'm the most brave young person that's ever walked this planet. So brave that now I'm going to go back to the garage and get a head start. You know, that wasn't enough for a beginner, you know. So I went back to the garage and got that head start, then made the turn and started going down that hill and I don't know, at one point, all of a sudden, that little handlebar started doing this. And I mean, it kept doing this, and all of a sudden, boom. And I went head over heels and skid, I don't know how long, on this gravel uh, driveway. And I remember my brother and my cousins laughing and, and coming. And, of course, they're carrying me. I thought I was dying, and they're laughing at me. But, I mean, I had scrapes, and, and it ruined. It was our, our vacation with our family, and it basically almost ruined it for me. I couldn't swim that week, and... I had scrapes on my face and everywhere, and I say that to tell you that we do things that we think are brave, and we think that these are things we're supposed to do, and it's great to have bravery, but there's limits to our bravery. If God has told you this is not something man must do or should do, uh, that's not bravery. Uh, Brandon Good does some things, if you guys know Brandon at all, Brandon does some things, I'm not sure it's bravery or it's just craziness, I'm not sure, but the idea is we're talking today about bravery. And I think it's a, a very fitting for us in this day to talk about how we must have some bravery in our life, some courage to face the things that God has, has called us to do and maybe even some situations that we're in. 
So we're looking at Joshua. I think Joshua is one of the greatest uh, characters in the Bible. I love to study Joshua uh, in the Old Testament. And in Joshua, this is kind of giving you a a layout here. This is towards the end of Joshua's life. Uh, Joshua is at a place now where uh, he's about to die. Uh, It says that he's old in age. The microphone's going in and out, but that's okay. Uh, uh, He's getting old in age. And so starting in verse 20, uh, chapter uh, 23, verse 1, uh, we're going to read through verse 11, all right? It says, And it came to pass a long time after that the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. In verse 2, And Joshua called for all Israel and uh, for the elders and for their heads and for the judges and their officers and said unto them, I am old and stricken in age. And he says in verse 3, And ye have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto all the nations because of you. I like that right there. I highlighted that because he said this is what he did. He is for you. He did this for you because of you. For the Lord your God is he that hath fought for you. He's done things for you. He has fought for you. In verse 4, Behold, I have decide, or divided unto you my lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes in Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off, even unto the great sea westward. Verse 5, In the Lord your God, he shall expel, that's key right there, them from before you, and drive them out of your sight, and ye shall possess. I like that right there. He's going to expel so you can possess. That's pretty cool. Their land, as the Lord your God, hath promised unto you. He's promised it. Verse 6, But ye therefore have, uh, I'm sorry, be ye therefore very courageous, to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside, therefore, to the right hand or to the left, that ye come not among these nations, uh, these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them. But cleave unto the Lord your God, as ye have done unto this day. For the Lord hath driven out from before you a great nations and strong, but as for you, no man hath seen able, been able to stand before you unto this day. Verse 10, one man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you, and he hath promised you. Take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves that ye love the Lord your God. Look back at verse number 10. One man of you shall chase a thousand. Why? For the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you as he hath promised you. I want to talk this morning about the subject, be brave. Be brave. Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, today, Father, for the spirit that we've already felt and how that folks have already got helped right here at this altar. We thank you, God, for our pastor and the vision that he has, not only to be a, a light in this community, but also to help other communities, also to reach people for Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have today to come and to stand on this platform and proclaim your word. I pray, Lord, you hide me behind the cross. Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't. Don't let me forget anything that you told me to say, and I'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let me tell you just a little bit about myself, just so you kind of know who I am. Most of you uh, probably don't know me. Maybe you've seen my picture in the bulletin, or you've seen me coming around. And, uh, but let me tell you a little bit about my story a brave story, one of the bravery stories for us. And uh, there's a reason I'm telling this. I don't think I'm puffing myself up. But it was about seven years ago in this month, in the month of May, uh, that I came down here to visit. Uh, We had become acquainted with this church uh, through my sister and her husband that moved here and had been here for a while serving in this church, singing in the choir and serving. 
And so when we would come down to visit my sister, we would come to Temple. And many times, me and my wife would be driving back home to Chattanooga where we lived, and uh, we would say, boy, I wish there was a temple close to where we lived. That's where we would go. All these years, I had been serving under my dad. My dad's a pastor. He'd been serving the Lord for, been pastoring for over 50 years, just celebrated his 50 years this year. And uh, my dad uh, took a brave move when he was a young man in his early 20s, and he decided to move his family from Tennessee, which is where all his family and my, wa- my mother's family is, and move to a suburb of Chicago, Illinois. And that's where I was born and raised, in the Chicago area. And then at the age of 16 and a half, or almost 17, uh, my dad took another church in the Chattanooga area. And there in the Chattanooga area is where I met my wife. That's where we raised our family. We lived there for almost 18 years. Uh, I had the same job for 14 years, worked for a milk company called Mayfield. Uh, some of you have seen Mayfield ice cream. I did that for a long time. I was a milkman. That's what I dreamt of being when I was a kid. No, not really, okay? <laughs> but it was a good job, and I was thankful for it, and God had blessed us. But I felt like for a couple years leading up to uh, the time I'm telling you that me and my wife both felt like God was calling us out. We, got, we felt like God was calling us to something different. We didn't know what. We, uh, we actually, I remember actually looking online at other churches in the Chattanooga area thinking maybe God has us a place somewhere here locally. At that time, had no idea what God had in mind for us. So about seven years ago, in, uh, in the month of May, I came down here to visit. And, I, and after I had a time here at the church, we did a training on children's ministry. Uh, one of the things in my dad's church, uh, as a pastor's son in a small congregation, uh, I had a lot of experience in a lot of different things. We did a lot of stuff. And you had multiple jobs, and one of the things was working in children's ministry. And so I came and shared a little vision about what children's ministry could be. And then afterwards, we went to Cracker Barrel. All good things happened at Cracker Barrel. And, and, and I remember sitting there, and there were several people at the table, and I really can't even remember who all was there. But my wife and kids were still back in Chattanooga, but me and, and Brother Malcolm were sitting across the table from each other, and he began to share the vision of what God was, had given him for this place. Some of the vision is including where you're sitting today. And God has given him this vision about what church should be according to the scriptures. And as he was sharing this, and, and those of you that have been through foundations, he was drawing the circles on a napkin and talking about the chair factory and, and all these things he was talking about, it began to touch my heart and I felt like this was exactly what I was looking for. And we began to finish each other's sentences, and it was like at the end of this conversation, and if you ever had a conversation with Pastor Malcolm, you know, it can get kind of heated, and he's this, and he's real, and I'm real active, and hands moving and everything, and uh, like I said, for everybody else, is just, I don't know what they're doing, but all of a sudden, we kind of sit back, and it was like, and I remember him saying, when are you going to move down here? And I remember Miss Tammy giving him a big shot in the the ribs with with her elbow and said, leave him alone. And and really, what she didn't know, and I don't know if even Brother Malcolm knew, but right there at that table, I felt God said, that's where you're supposed to be. So that night, I sent my wife a text. It was late. It was after bedtime. She was already asleep, had the kids asleep. And I just sent her a text, and I just said this, God's doing something. And that's literally what I said to her. The next morning, she called me as she was on her way uh, to work. She dropped the kids off at school. And uh, uh, Brady was in the kindergarten, finishing up kindergarten. Riley's finishing up second grade. And uh, she, uh, she called me, and no joke, she could testify to this. Before I said anything, she said, we're moving to Coleman, aren't we? <laughs> so God had already gone to her and convinced her this is where we were supposed to be. Now, there's a whole lot of the stuff that happens, but I don't have time to share. But I'm here to tell you 
That was the bravest thing we ever did as a family. That was the scariest thing we ever did as a family. This was not a move because of work. This was not a move because of family. This was a move because of God. And we had to sit down with our little kindergartner and our little... Se- I can't look at Karen, I'll start crying. I had, we had to sit down at a little kindergartner and our little second grade boys and tell them, we're moving. And they said, why? Because God told us to. Now you explain that to a second grader in a kindergarten. And you explain to them why we're pulling them away from their grandparents. We're pulling them out of the school that they love. We're pulling them away from their friends. Then you go sit down and talk to your parents and your in-laws. You, you, you be, be in my shoes, man, and talking to your wife's parents that I'm taking her away from the home she's only ever known, from her sisters and from her family, to move to Coleman, Alabama. Who had ever heard of such a place? You know? But we packed up, and had, I had my orange Tennessee tag on the back of my truck, and we moved to Coleman, Alabama. And we've been persecuted ever since, thank the Lord. <laughs> but I say that to say this. Honestly, me and Harold were talking about it just the other night. And I said, if I, when I look back at that, I cannot believe that we did it. I cannot believe we had the courage and the bravery to do that. And I say that because it was not me. It was not my wife. Because if in the flesh, I'd have said, this is crazy. It doesn't make any sense. There's no promise of pay. I didn't even know what I'd be doing at this church. My dad said, what are, they gonna, what are you going to do? I don't know. He said, what are they going to pay you? They're not. And I said, he said, you're crazy. And I said, you're right. But here I am today, full-time pastor here at the church, loving what I do. No doubt in my mind, I'm called to do what I'm doing today. And I'm thankful for that. But it took bravery, it took courage, and it took something beyond me. But here's the thought that we ask a lot of times. Isn't bravery only for spiritual giants? I mean, isn't that brave stories only for those who have great faith? Because I remember telling that story to people from time to time, and them saying, well, that's a great story for you. Man, I can't believe you had such faith. And I had to tell them, look, you've got to understand, that was not me. Because me, I don't like a whole lot of change. I don't like, in in, in my flesh, a lot of adventure. I'm not that guy. But God did this. But here's the thing. If that's true, that only bravery is for spiritual giants, let me ask you a question. What determines a spiritual giant? What determines a spiritual giant? How do we judge what a spiritual giant is? How do we look across the crowd and go, well, he's spiritual enough, she's spiritual enough, then God's going to call them to do something great. How do we judge that? How do we gauge that? And another thought is, how many of us would be brave if it was expecting of those who are spiritual giants? Because I don't know about you, but I look through the scriptures, and I see a lot of people who did amazing things who are not perfect. I see a lot of people who did amazing things that messed up and made mistakes. I see people in my life that have done amazing things and have been brave in situations I thought there's no way I could be brave in that And they were ordinary people like me and you. Our pastor is one of the bravest men I know. But you know what? He goes home. He says that a lot. He goes home. He has those moments of doubts and fears just like me and you do. So here's the thing. If bravery is about spiritual giants, then we're all in trouble. Because I don't know if any of us would be willing to admit, okay, God, I'm spiritually ready. Tell me to do something. I don't know if any of us could do that. Bravery. Look at the definition of bravery. Possessing or exhibiting courage 
or courageous endurance. It's possessing something or exhibiting or showing this courage or a courageous endurance. Bravery is something you possess. The question is, where does that come from? Bravery is less about who I am and much more about who God is. That's courage. That's the kind of courage that Joshua had. That's the kind of bravery that David had when he faced the giant. It was not about David's ability. It was not about David's spirituality. It was about God's ability. And it's so much less about what I am or what I've accomplished or what I look like in the mirror, and it's much more about who God is. How can I be brave? And I want to talk about today some God is statements when it comes to being brave. How can you be brave? There's some God, and there's a reason why there God is, because at the end of this message, I want you to understand, if you are brave to face a circumstance, if you are brave to face a new adventure in your life, it is because of what God is, not because of you. Let's look at this. Three things I want us to see. It's three God statements, God is statements. The first one is this, God is bigger. God is bigger. Say to your left person and the person on your right, God is bigger. God is bigger. Let me tell you a little bit about Joshua. You've got to look back at Numbers. Numbers is, uh, is when we first start hearing of Joshua. You remember the story of Moses sending 12 spies to, to go uh, stake out the land and see, can we possess this land? Remember the land that God had already promised them, but they said, go check it out. And 10 of those spies come back and said, there's no way we can do it. They rebelled against God. Let's just go back to Egypt. There's no way we can do it. But there were two that said, I think we can do this. Look at what it says in Numbers chapter 14, verse number 6 through 9. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, they rent their clothes. When these people were saying, we can't do it, they rent their clothes. And it says in verse 7, And they spake unto all the company of children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it, it is, I'm sorry, is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, that means if the Lord said he'll do it, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, and land which flow with milk and honey. In verse 9, and, only, and rebel not against the Lord, neither fear you the people of the land. I like this, for they are bread for us. You know what he says? We're going to eat them alive. They're bread on our table. We've got this, not because of us. Because God promised it to us. Because he says this, for the Lord is with us, and he says, fear them not. God is bigger. There's a couple things I want you to see that God is bigger in. Number one, or, or A, under the thing is, God is bigger than your dreams. God is bigger than your dreams. You see, there were ten spies that went forward, but only two could see it. Only two could see that this was bigger than what I could see. And I want you to know about dreams. If you can achieve it, then it's not a dream. Listen to that again. If you can achieve it, it's not a dream. You know, and I'm not one of these guys, you know, that, that's talking about if you'll dream being a millionaire, then God will do it for you. That's not what I'm saying. But I want you to know that if you have, if you have stopped dreaming, the reason we are here today is because me and my wife, I was in my middle 30s at the time, but I had not stopped dreaming. I was dreaming of bigger things. I was dreaming of God doing more things in my life. I wanted more. And because of that, God opened doors for me. And I want to encourage you to know that God is bigger than your dreams. Whatever you think God has asked you to do, God can do more than that. 
Whatever you think that your ability can bring you, God is able to do more than that. He is bigger than your dreams. He's bigger than your ability. My goodness, the list could go on and on and on. The second thing is this. He is bigger. God is bigger than your circumstances. Everybody say amen right there. He's bigger than your circumstances. See, I would like for us to get to a place, I would like to get to a place myself, that every time something comes up in my life, every time I face some kind of adversity, every time a circumstance comes in my life that I think is big, I want to be able to say to that circumstance, God is bigger than this. Every time I get a bill and I wonder if I can pay it, God is bigger than this. Every time me and my wife can't get along and and we're trying to figure out a, a life, guess what? That's just real life, okay? And real marriage. I can have to say, God is bigger than this. God is bigger than me. He's bigger than you. And he's certainly bigger than any circumstance you may be facing today. How can you be brave? How can you be brave when God's asking you to do something crazy that sounds unusual? You know, God asked Joshua to march around a wall about seven times. And on the seventh time, march seven times and blow a bunch of trumpets and the wall's going to come down. That's crazy, okay? But he did it. Not in his ability, but because God is bigger than any wall that Satan's put around your family. God is bigger than any type of tragedy that's come in your life. He is bigger. God is bigger. That's how you can be brave. Look at what it says in 1 John 4, 4. Ye of God. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. Look at what it says. It says, greater is he that is in you. The the, the very definition of bravery is possessing courage. You have the Holy Spirit in you, thus you possess great courage. It's just willing, are you willing to allow God to do brave things in your life? Look what it says in Ephesians 3.20, I love this verse. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, he's bigger than our dreams, according to the power that worketh in us. Not according to my power, not according to my ability, not according to my strength or my intellect. It is that God can do much more. He's bigger than my dreams. Why? Because he dwells within us. God is bigger. Second thing is this. Second God is statement here is this. Number number two, God is faithful. God is faithful. To to get this, you've got to go back to Joshua uh, chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 is the time when Moses was passing the torch to Joshua. In Joshua chapter 1, it says in verse number uh, 2 and 3, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them. Did you see that? Which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Look at verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon... That have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. God is faithful to keep his word. God is so faithful. He says, I promised you this land. I told Moses that I would take care of him. Just like I told Moses I'd take care of him, I want you to know that I am able to take care of you. A is this. God is faithful to do what he has promised. God is faithful to do what he has promised. He is a trustworthy God. He is someone you can depend on. If it's in his word, then you can say it's true. You know, over 3,000 times in the Bible, there's the phrase found, thus saith the Lord. You know why? Because thus saith the Lord. And if he said it, 
it will happen, it will come true, and God is faithful to carry out the things that he's promised. Bravery in perilous times. I really think God put this on my heart. I didn't know what for at that time. I didn't know I was going to be preaching until uh, Tuesday last week, I think, for sure. And, uh, 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 but God had put this, heart, uh, this thought on my heart, and I began to think about when Brother Malcolm, how many of you here when Brother Malcolm was talking about perilous times? And I thought, how in the world can we be brave in these perilous times? It's because I can trust that God is faithful to follow his promises. Because I know that we are victors no matter what comes. Yes, I believe this world's not going to get better. I believe that this economy is not going to get better. I believe that there's going to be wars and rumor wars. But I realize that because I can trust that God is, he is faithful to keep his promises. I know that I'm a victor over everything. I know that he will come back. Over 3,200 times there have been prophecies that have been fulfilled. And guess what? If he kept all 3,200 of them plus, then he is going to keep the promise that says, I will come again one day, and I will receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. God is a God of faithfulness, and he's somebody that you can trust no matter what you're facing, no matter what the challenges you have. Second thing there is God is faithful to do what? I love this. God is faithful, even if I wrote it, I still like it. God is faithful to do what we cannot. He is faithful to do the things we cannot do. There's a young lady in our ministry, she's a high school student, and this high school girl reached out to me not too long ago and said, Brother Kendrick, they call me Pastor K a lot of them, she said, Pastor K, she said, I've got a friend that I'm really burdened about. I don't, I don't think she's saved, and, and our friendship has kind of gone away, and, and, and she's kind of going maybe down the wrong path, and, and I just am very burdened for her. I said, look, tell me her name, and let's begin praying for her. So she told me this young lady's name, and I said, we're going to ask God to do the things we cannot do. You can't change her heart. You can't save her soul. Only God can do that. So why would we waste our time and wring our hands over things we have no power to do? So I said, let's ask God. This went on. We'd check back and forth every once in a while, praying for her, praying for her. Then all of a sudden, I teach a class over at West Point High School, and all of a sudden, I'm in there one day, and there's that girl. She decided to be an aide in that classroom. You don't think God had a part in that? All of a sudden, I had a face to the name I was praying about. And we began to pray, and let me tell you something that happened. Easter Sunday, that girl was sitting right back there with her mother, and that girl came and trusted Christ as her Savior on Easter Sunday. And you'd say, what's the great thing about that? First of all, she doesn't have to go to hell. That's great enough. But secondly is, right after that service, you'll never believe who sent me a text and said, Brother Kendrick, you're not going to believe what happened. It was this young lady that had been praying for her. Because you know what? God can do the things we cannot do. And you know what else happened? Because of that, her faith it was a, it grew, and her courage grew. And she said, Brother Kendrick, I had stopped praying for my dad because I thought it was hopeless. I stopped praying for him because I thought there was no hope in that. But she said, I'm going to pray for my dad because if God can save her, he can still save my dad. And I want you guys to know, don't ever give up. Don't give up on your friends. There are no lost causes with God. As long as God's on the throne, he can do amazing things. Why? Because he is faithful. God is so faithful. Second Peter 3, 9 says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. God is bigger. God is faithful. The last one is this. God is present. God is present. 
And for those of you who've been through silent times in your life when you didn't know where God was, you didn't feel like you could hear God. I hear that a lot from young people, especially in the college years. They, they think, God, where's God at? I can't feel him. I, can't, I don't sense him anymore. You know what? There's strength in knowing that God is present, even when we can't see him, even when we can't hear him, even when we don't feel him working, because he is actively working on our behalf. He is present. Joshua 1.5 says this, There shall not be any man be able to stand against before you all the days of your life because of this. As I was with Moses, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. I will not leave you alone. I will not leave you in your mess. I will not drive you someplace. I will not send you to Coleman, Alabama and leave you alone. God said, I am present with you. I am right there with you. And you can be brave, not because you have some kind of great power, not because you are some kind of person that owns the room when you walk in. You can be brave because God is with you. He is present in your life. Joshua 1 verse 9, just skip a few verses over. It says this, have, I, have not I commanded thee? It's like God is speaking to Joshua saying, have I not commanded you to be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. This is all right out of the Bible, guys, not just out of my thoughts, okay? God says, I am with you. God is present in a couple ways that I see. God is present to remind us. God is present to remind us. That song, me and Brother Jalen didn't talk about what I was preaching today, but that song, My God is a Mountain Mover. And you know what saying? God is present to remind us. Because let me, let me ask you a question. How many of you in this room, from time to time, you're facing adversity, you're facing a trial, you just need a reminder that God is with you? Anybody like that in this room? God is present. Not always to save us out of our trouble. Not always to, to help us avoid the tribulation, because most of the time it's for our good. But God is present to let you know that I'm here I've got your back. I'm for you. The land I've promised, I'm keeping my promises. I haven't given up on you. The, uh, uh, that house that you lost will be yours again. God is a God of promises, and he keeps his promises. And God is a God of the present, and he does that to remind us. One of the best songs that we love, we, we do a little worship down at the rock with our students because they just enjoy to worship, and it's a different environment to worship amongst your peers. And, and one of the best songs we love, if you've never heard it, is by Carrie Job, and it's called You Are Not Alone. There is something powerful about that. Everybody in this room likes to know that you're not alone. It doesn't matter how many friends you have. It doesn't matter how many uh, positions you have. This guy right here uh, feels alone about half the time during the week. And I need to know that I am not alone. That God is with me. And I can be brave to take another step. I can be brave to go another day. Why? Because I know that the God of heaven, the creator God, is with me. He has not forgotten me. He has not forsaken me. He is with me. And he is never going to leave me. Because I am in the palm of his hand. And I am his creation. I am his child. And he's going to take me to heaven one day. And I know and I have peace and I have comfort because of that. He reminds me. Second thing is this, God is present to strengthen us. God is present to strengthen us. I don't know about you, but there are times when I'm not sure I can go another day. I'm not sure I can face another thing. How many of you know, especially adults, when things happen in your life, it's never just one thing. 
Am I right? If the washer's down, you know, you've you got a flood in the back room. If, if, if you've got a pipe that's burst, your air conditioner's not working. If the air conditioner's not working, your transmission's going out. It's never just one thing. It seems to compound. And I don't know about you, but there are times when I don't feel very brave. There's times when I would like to get in my car and drive as far as I can away from my problems, knowing that's not going to solve it. But that's how I feel, and I don't think I'm alone. But I want you to know God is with me, and his presence in my life strengthens me to know I can take another step. I can go another day. I can do these things not in my own ability, but because of God and his presence in my life. Courage and bravery comes from God. Courage and bravery comes from God. And I'm closing up with this thought, and I put this up here on the screen so you guys can see. I put this in kind of a lingo teenagers would understand. But guess what? Uh, you, you adults need to uh, figure this out, okay? The idea is I am much less than God is. And you've got to remember that. You say, this is so simple. You know, a kid could have got up here. Yeah, you know why? Because God's the one doing it, and God can use a kid. And God can use this guy to teach you and to share with you the idea that is, no matter what you're going through, no matter what God's called you to do, in the second service, we're going to be recognizing, uh, we had 26 graduates this year from our church, and we're going to be recognizing those that could be here uh, in the second service. And I want them to know that it's okay that you don't know for sure what you're going to do next year. That it's okay that you're scared about your future. It's okay that you don't know for sure if this is what I want to be or if this is what I want to be. be. Why? Not because you have some kind of great ability. Not because you have some kind of a great intellect. Not because you're something special. But because God is bigger, God is faithful, and God is present in your life. And you can be brave in perilous times. You can be brave in tough times in your life. Because here's what I want you guys to see. The first question I asked is this. Is there... Uh, uh, does it take a spiritual giant to be brave? If bravery is just for a spiritual giant, most of us would feel like our life is over. Because let's be honest, most of us would admit, I'm not where I need to be with Christ. I don't read the Bible like I should. I don't pray as often as I should. And, and I gossip from time to time. And, and I have anger issues from time to time. And all of us would feel like there's no way I could do anything for God if it comes spiritual giant. But here's what I want people to see. This is what I want the young people to see, is that I am not some spiritual giant. Now, I'm a giant, okay, but that has something to do with the spirituality, okay? Uh, but I am not a spiritual giant. I am an ordinary person that does extraordinary things. Why? Because God is bigger, because God is faithful, and because God is present in my life. I want to read these few things as, as a way of closing out, and I don't know if this will help anybody in this room, but I know it's helped me. To be brave is to trust and surrender. To be brave is to trust and surrender. I really believe, in all honesty, that's the only things that God really wants of us, is to be brave, to trust him and surrender him. Everything we ever go through, God just wants to know, will you trust me? As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I promised it, I'll get you through it. And I really feel like God wants to do this because he's a God who's bigger. I'm going to read these things and I'm going to close in prayer. To the middle school student, because I know we have some, that's wondering if they'll ever survive through those awkward middle school years, God is saying to you, be brave. To the high school student struggling with a genuine faith at school, I'm one way at church, I'm one way at school, and there's a constant battle, God is saying to you, be brave. To the high school graduate fearful about what the future holds, God is telling you today, be brave. 
to the college student whose faith is being challenged. And boy, is it being challenged. God is saying to you, be brave. To the parent that battles the feelings of failure almost on a daily basis, because we do. God is saying to you, be brave, because it's not about you. It's because of me, and I can do this. To the one fighting for your marriage, God is saying to you today, be brave. To the one battling sickness and disease, God is saying to you today, be brave. The one considering taking a big step of faith, God is saying to you, be brave. To the one who's just about to throw in the towel, God is saying, be brave. To the one who's just about to give up on that friend or family ever getting saved, God is saying to you, be brave. And to the person in this room who's been battling the idea of getting saved, you've struggled with it. You thought you were saved when you were a kid, but all of a sudden God's been dealing with your heart. Or or you've never really heard salvation preached like you had when you started coming to this church or, or an environment like this. And you're like, I've been fighting that. God is saying to you today, be brave. Be brave because it's not about you, it's about me. I died on the cross for you. I paid the penalty that you should have paid. The wages of sin was death, but guess what? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And he is saying to you this morning, I don't know who you are. Whatever you're facing, it may have been something I listed or something not even on that list. But he's telling you today, don't be brave in and of yourself. But be, be brave because God is bigger. Because God is faithful. And because God is present with you today. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want to ask you a question. Has God spoken to your heart about something today? Are you facing something? Do you know of something? Maybe some of you are, uh, have a test that you're going to have to take this week. Maybe some of you got some results that's coming back this week. Maybe some of you are facing some real struggles in your family, in your marriage. Maybe some of you have been battling depression and you don't know if I can go another day. Is there somebody in this room that says, I want to be brave. I want to have the courage that God promised to Joshua. I want to have the courage that God promised to Moses. Is there anybody in this room that would say, Brother Kendrick, Pastor Kendrick, I want to be brave. Not because I can do it, because God is able to do it. And I want to ask you this morning, if that's you, I want you to take the first step of faith when it comes to being brave. And I'm not going to ask you to come to this altar unless you really want to. But I'm going to ask you to stand. When I count to three, I want you to stand right where you are and say, that's me. I want to be brave, and I'm going to pray for you. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's looking around. I'm going to pray for you. Some of you say, I don't, I'm not brave enough to come to the altar yet, Brother Kendrick, but I'm brave enough to stand and say, that's me. I'm facing some adversity. I'm facing some circumstances, and I want to be brave. I want God to look good through my life. I want others to see Christ and His strength exhibited in my life. I want to see courage in my life so that God looks good in every situation. If that's you, I already started standing. I don't even have to count three. Just stand all across the building. If you say, that's me, I need to see some bravery in my life. I'm facing something. Nobody has to know what that is. Nobody has to know what that is you're facing. But you'd stand and say, that's me. I want to be brave. I need some bravery in my life today. They're standing all over the room. I'm going to pray for you. Father, we thank you, God, for those who've stood. God, I don't know what their circumstances are. There's no way I could know. I don't know a lot of these people in this room, Father. But God, you know their hearts. And there's no doubt in my mind you have spoken to them. God, you want to be real in a life. God, you are seeking across the whole earth so that you can show yourself great on the behalf of those. And I pray, God, that there's some people in this room that whether they stood or not, Lord, you give them bravery to face another day. You give them courage to know, Lord, that you are bigger, you are faithful, you are present in their very lives today. I thank you, Lord Jesus, and all that you do.
In Jesus' name I pray. Let's all stand. Everybody stand with those. Everybody stand. And I want you to know, if you need to come.